Hello, and welcome to No Such Thing as a Bad Movie Podcast. I'm April Atmansky, and I'm here today with... Justin DeClue. And Colin Cunningham. And this week, we pay tribute to a director that you may or may not know about, Albert Pune. But you've definitely seen some of his movies. Probably, yeah, yes. I've seen movies that I didn't know that he directed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially the two that we watched tonight. And we're specifically doing this episode because I wrote a book on writer-director Albert Pune, a man uh, who has made... 44 feature films. Oh, my God. I uh, started in 1982, and it's still making them right now with his own money. He just That's loves insane. making movies. And he doesn't do it for money. He doesn't do it for fame. He does it because he loves to make them. <laughs> he does it for the ladies. Yeah, <laughs> right. a, true, a true artist. <laughs> and we're actually starting with his first picture, Sword mm. and the Sorcerer, from 1982. Oh, so, Colin, you have some background with it, right? Yeah, this brings me back. I remember my Uncle Harry. He This was... When was this movie? Like 80... 82. Two, okay. So um, my Uncle Harry, he's one of the first guys, I think, in Toronto to have like his own video store back, you know, before... VHS Harry's video probably Harry's video <laughs> probably or something like that, that. <laughs> um, and he, you know you go to his house and he would have this big wall of just uh, videos like movies like the road warrior and all the Friday the 13th movies in like the official cases from his video store and it was just like the greatest thing you know I didn't have a VHS player at that time you'd have to rent them from uh, gas stations and stuff like that really <laughs> yeah this was before that so he had a VHS player and in order to uh, watch movies you'd have to go to the gas station so you'd have to rent these VHS VHS players and they came in gigantic orange protective cases like way bigger than a suitcase <laughs> like a clamshell case you know next to the to the gum rack would be uh, VHS tapes and you had about like 10 to choose from and I, all... I used to rent um uh, Genesis machines, like video game machines for the weekend because oh. we didn't have our own. From where? Uh, West Coast Video. Oh. That's hilarious. Yeah. yeah, so going to like Uncle Harry's house it was just like it was like being in a in a candy store like you mm-hmm. never seen anything like it and we could watch all these movies that i wasn't allowed to rent so we just hole up in the basement and then sword and the sorcerer it was sword and the sorcerer and conan the barbarian and road warrior mm-hmm. were ones that we really loved and would you walk toward the beaded curtains no don't go down there that's the laundry room. <laughs> I have a vivid memory of walking past the beat of and being like, what's in here? Because <laughs> it was part of the horror section, and yeah. that's where pornography was for the uh, younger um, people in yeah, the audience. Yeah. So, Sword and Sorcerer, you see this movie. Yeah. The cover, it's painted. Yeah, it's really it cool. It had that, the iconic yeah, cover, yeah. right? Which is pretty badass looking. It's Frank Frazetta awesome. ripoff. Yeah, um, totally. And you watch the movie, and do you, did you have fond memories of it? Because when I brought it up, you totally. were like, I don't remember much about it. I don't remember much about it. All I remember is, obviously, like the tri-bladed sword that he has. <laughs> the <laughs> rocket power Which is amazing. Sword. True. He's got, like, three swords all lined up in a row, which must be so heavy, by the way. Mm-hmm. But... You know, it looks like tinfoil in the movie. And uh, the swords can, the blades can fire off like projectiles and impale people. It's so fucking <laughs> yeah. amazing. And they fly like 90 feet in yeah, the Yeah, exactly. Air. And it's one of those things that it's not even executed like fast. Like it's no. all kind yeah. of clunky. But when you're a teenager and you see something like this, yeah. it's like, I have never seen this in movies before. Yeah. This is like uh, Colin's favorite author, Michael Moorcock. <laughs> and... <laughs> bringing it to the screen and stuff like this had just not been seen I mean these kind of movies all came in the wake of John Borman making Excalibur which was a massive hit 
Now, that's funny you say that because I assumed they all came after Conan the Barbarian, but this is the same year as Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. When was like uh, Excalibur? Like 81? Uh, I think it was 80 or 81. Yeah. It's crazy. So like Excalibur led to um, Beastmaster, Conan, like you said, yeah. uh, Deathstalker. Yeah. Um, yeah. This movie has a lot in common with Deathstalker. Barbarian Queen, yeah. The Barbarian, starring the Barbarian the Brothers. Hawk, Hawk the Slayer. Has anyone seen that? Yeah, Hawk, yeah, the, Slayer. Hawk the Slayer. <laughs> but it was like, I remember uh, when I was a young kid i was really into D back in those days so mm-hmm. like any oh. any sword and sorcery so this was like whoa right up my alley you know what i mean and like this one has nudity in it it's yeah. violent it's it actually came after conan and all that violence in it was added against albert pune's wishes i could tell because it's all edited weird <sighs> yeah. And like yeah someone will be hit by a sword and it'll cut to a close-up of a head splitting yeah calves. yeah <laughs> it's it's so weird because as we were watching it i'm like man, there's no violence in this. It's mm-hmm. like, I remember this being more violent. And then as it went on, it's like, okay, there's boobs. Mm-hmm. I was like, is this R-rated? And then near the end, it's like a couple of shots, especially with the head being split open. It's yes. like, okay, there's this is There's a couple insane. of uh, gruesome explosion, exploding body parts yeah, and yeah. stuff like and that. And for people that don't know what the plot of this film, I'm not even going to try to explain it because Who in knows? classic Albert Pune fashion, it is very convoluted. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basically, there's like an evil king mm-hmm. who became king um, through nefarious means who is played by John Lynch. Uh, Richard, Richard Lynch. Richard Lynch. Uh, famously burned actor from mm-hmm. uh, uh, Invasion USA. Yes. And uh, that other movie that we watched. That one. Something USA. Uh, Terror USA? No. But, but it was something like that. Remember it was about the film crew and then like terrorists it was come? A, David oh, Pryor I don't remember film. what it was. Action USA? Something like that. Yeah. Look back at our past episodes. It'll be in the title. Yeah. Obviously we don't know. So then there's this other guy who is supposed to be king and our hero... <laughs> knows him or something and he's going to no. reinstate no. him as king. Our hero is the son of the disposed king and it's very confusing. Okay, also a princess well, let's, and a prince that wants to take the throne. Let's, let's start it off. So Richard Lynch, it opens with Richard Lynch and he goes to some like uh, mysterious Crypt. island. Yeah. He resurrects a sorcerer who's like uh, Richard Mole from Night Court. Mm-hmm. He looks and, like an orc kind yeah, of. Yeah, he looks like, yeah, exactly. He looks like an Urukai or something. Yeah. He raises him and he says, look, I've been trying to defeat this king. Help me out and then and, I'll and help that, you And somehow? then the sorcerer's like, look how badass I am. I look like I'm covered in jam. And, and also, he, look at me, rip a guy's he, heart out. He kills the witch who resurrected him. Not nice. No. He can like pull people's hearts out with a force. Get telekinesis. And he has little, uh, he has little glowing fingers. I can't wait to see this again. Oh, wait, you don't. Because there's <laughs> yeah. a jump where I think text just says, and then the sorcerer and the evil king went and conquered the kingdom. Yeah, yeah you don't see it. No, mm-hmm. you don't see it. And then the next time you see the sorcerer, he's like, okay, now, you know, fill your end of the bargain. Richard Lynch stabs him and throws him off a cliff. <laughs> yeah. And that is the last you see of the sorcerer <laughs> until the very last last scene almost of the, of the movie, movie. Yep. yeah <laughs> like, okay double, double crosses him and then uh, richard lynch kills talon's parents this little boy and the boy's like grabs this giant three-bladed sword and like impales like two of the mm-hmm. two of the bad guys i wonder after he uses the sword how do you reload it how do you I reload it <laughs> does he have to go and like get the blades it and looks pull them steam powered because steam shoots out <laughs> yeah. of it when it goes <laughs> 
Just you have to crank it. it. Do you have to like reforge the blades yeah, and stick them on? I don't know. It's very unwieldy. And in yeah. some scenes, Talon's actually sword fighting with the three-bladed sword. Yeah. And I think the implication is if you have three blades, <laughs> it's extra strong. Yeah, it's like he's like cutting swords. And it's half. like you know those sh- uh, shick razors. You know the, the it's like the, the seven, seven blades, the Mach three. <laughs> oh no, I got the one that shoots them out. No, <laughs> oh, close to with my shick blade. Oh. <laughs> So, um, yeah. So, yeah, we we flash forward, and uh, Talon is now played by Lee Horsley, mm-hmm. who is an actor. I did, okay. I, I'm like, he did I, not get along with Albert Pune. Okay. <laughs> oh. Uh, I was like, I know the name. Like, who is this guy? And I looked him up, and he was in a uh, TV show called Matt Houston. Mm. Uh, he has a mustache in the show, so he's very recognizable. But. And um, Lee Horsley is a wise, cracking rogue, if yeah, you will. A Likes rogue. to wear. Um, <laughs> Furry jackets. Yeah, Terrible. Wears Everyone's pelts. wearing like really awkward robes and mm-hmm. there's a cloaks. lot of clothing in general. Yeah. And he's a mercenary. He loves to do quips. He beats people up with chicken legs. Yep. <laughs> Gigantic he, um, chicken legs. Forces women to have sex with him. Yeah. Mm. Uh, oh, if I do your mission, you'll fuck me. And I, you better be pretty when you do it, is oh, what he says. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I like my ladies. Oh, Perfumes. and I just want to test you out first. So I'm just going to make out with you. Anyway, so that's a, that's a sidebar. Yeah, he's a scoundrel. <laughs> uh, turn to the page in my book where I write, unfortunately, Albert Pune gives into the sexist uh, tropes of the genre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I didn't really like this movie that much. I thought it really picked up in the third act. Definitely, um, yeah. But I, it's not, like, my genre. Me and Colin were just, like, high-fiving with our shirts off the entire time. <laughs> like, eating, like, big mutton, like, Yeah, no, I was going to say, we're children, so we're eating, like, I assume, freezies and Dunkaroos. <laughs> I don't really know any, like, movies in this genre that is like one of my favorites. Not to say I hate it. But. What, King Arthur? Mm. The one that Antoine Fuqua made? Yeah. I guess like like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves is the closest, <laughs> probably the closest It thing. wouldn't be considered a sword and sorcery no, film. It's, Although they'd have, they had like witches and sorcery. Oh, in I don't that remember movie. that film. But remember Alan well. Rickman's... Uh, yeah, it turns into had, a demon dog no, at he, the end. He had that crone, that like witch lady. Yeah, like, that's right. Yeah. Spells and stuff. Okay, well, we've tried to explain the plot. So, yeah, Talon Ugh. wants to defeat the evil villain. That's all we need to know. Well, actually, and then like, he does eventually. Yeah. Simon McCorkendale, <laughs> great famous name. British actor, Simon McCorkendale, he's like in line to the throne. Yeah, he's a proper. prince who wants to be a king as well. He gets captured by Richard Lynch and is locked up in the dungeon. And then his sister hires Talon to rescue the brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Can someone explain to me why every male in this movie wants to marry his the, the princess? Uh, because uh, if they marry the princess, they become the king. But oh, he's yes. already the king. No, because he's the Richard prince. Richard Lynch. Oh yeah, but if they kill him, I don't know. This and then, the, and then the evil sorcerer, who is actually the orc in disguise, uh. also wants to bang the chick. It's like there's prostitutes everywhere, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, oh no, she's just pretty because she's a brunette or some shit. I don't know. It was actually it was like that blonde woman who was kind of uh, Cromwell's sort of concubine or yeah. whatever. In in the credits, she's just listed as Cromwell's whore. Yeah, <laughs> oh I know. Um, so I actually have two favorite things in this movie, believe it or not, and as I just said, I didn't like it. Because I don't think you guys are going to pick either of them. Oh, I thought okay. we were going to have to like torture it <laughs> no. out of you. One you cross. is, uh, I thought that the main character, Talon, was very handsome. Uh-huh. He had a, hand, a very handsome face. <laughs> is this the first appearance of handsomeness on the podcast? I think it might be. I don't know. Yeah. We, but, we've talked about people's muscles before. Yeah. But. <laughs> traps. He has, he, has yeah. A, he has a handsome face, but uh, like everyone else in this movie, horrible wig. Well, that's my, that's my second favorite thing. 
It's the it's the wigs. Everyone has a wig, and like I would say that the wig budget was out of control, but I don't think they paid that much for these wigs. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, no. it's like dollar store wigs, especially at the end in that dinner scene. It, like yeah. everyone just has the most men and women wig. Yeah. Uh, I think that my favorite thing is definitely how unabashedly Albert Pune jumps into these fantasy tropes. He's not trying to like buffer them for an audience or be like, how do I adapt this cinematically? Yeah. In no. fact, it's probably the opposite where he's just like, I just, I love this in the novel. Let's just put it on screen. <laughs> there's actually some fun, like genre, like undercutting expectations. Uh-huh. Like mm-hmm. there's this big long scene where a bunch of mercenaries are like, we're going to go save Talon. And he's like, are you in? Yes. Are you in? Yeah. Let's go do it. And then it cuts to them, them in jail. In jail. <laughs> like, yeah. I'll never listen to you again. Yeah. There's, there was some comedy in, in there, which was okay. <laughs> there was the good scene where it's like, they're all in the brothel or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're all, and then uh, all the sort of beds have like kind of sheets over. So you can't see. And they're all like, Oh yeah, let's go rescue Talon. And then like somebody pulls the sheet and he's on top of like a, a prostitute. Like, yeah. I'll join you and then the next guy pulls his sheet You've up you like, my axe man as like a kid I thought that scene was the funniest thing me and my cousin would just <laughs> laugh our asses off mm. uh, what's your favorite part Colin oh, the one thing that you know the only thing I can remember but the fucking like three bladed sword. sword that shoots blades out like missiles what if April got that like me and April got together Ooh. we got it for like your birthday oh my god and it actually shot the sword what it, like it killed both of you yeah. by accident it, no! yeah. the thing is like it looks really cool but I think it was made of like aluminum because you could tell it's I not. I mean, it's very cheap. It, it's not really heavy. But the cool thing is when he faces off against the monster, or was it Richard Lynch at the end? He he already shot one blade, so he has two. And then he gets rid of one and is like, I'm going to sword fight you like man to man. Yeah. Just mm. one blade. Like he's so cool. He's not even going to use the, the extra blade. So then this last scene that you're talking about, oh, the sorcerer comes back for the first time since the... I, beginning of I the movie. love how like operatic and hellish the final scene is like <laughs> Talon is crucified in front of this giant dinner and he's so powerful yeah. he just like pulls himself out pulls of pulls hands. the nails out of his hand and then he yells that's the other thing that I remember he goes, he's like, Cromwell yeah. and she's gonna marry it's like I, an Eisensteinian um, uh, Russian epic where you see like Talon fighting a thousand men yeah yeah <laughs> it's amazing and he's like swinging from the yeah but by like a swashbuckling it's what, great. like a curtain <laughs> but I gotta say, like the one thing that really kind of stood out, and I don't know if in a good way, was the music. It's so oh, bombastic. Yeah, and talk about it, well, like the end credits. I'm like, okay, they're like, do Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. but not like Indiana Jones that we're gonna get sued, <laughs> yeah. but pretty much <laughs> just Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Sound alike, but it was like in John, very John Williams, and very like the the end scene where our heroes are like killing all the bad guys. It's like super super happy music. And like heads are being cut in half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like arms are being locked up. Like April's like, this scene. is very inappropriate. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> music um, is so inappropriate. But yeah, you mentioned when the ba- the sorcerer, okay, so the sorcerer who is like a huge like six foot tall orc or eight foot tall. He was high, he was in disguise as like the uh, king's Cromwell's advi- advisor. Like advisor. Mm-hmm. And then like he busts out of his That's a cool effect. Yeah, body. that's pretty cool. Yeah. It rips like the skin out. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, gross. It looks great. It's a good special effects. And mm-hmm. then uh, he's like, Instantly dispatched. <laughs> ah, swords, my only weakness. Yeah, he gets yeah. he gets shot by one of uh, Talon's swords, and then he like pops up at the end as Talon's hugging like the the oh, woman, yeah. the classic slasher like. 
<laughs> and then Talon's like he's got this blade in his hand. I guess like he gets his hand crushed at the beginning mm. uh, when he's a young lad, and for the entire movie he's kind of wearing this weird glove contraption. And then you realize, oh, a little like a spike comes out, and he kills the sorcerer, and that's it. Yeah, that's, that's the last that's of the, the sorcerer. End of the movie. That's the, <laughs> yeah. that's the sorcerer that's in the title of the movie. <laughs> that's the titular sorcerer. The titular sorcerer is in hey, like he threw the whole movie. Two, like two minutes. felt was, his <laughs> presence is felt. We didn't know it was him. He was in disguise. Yeah, that's true. The I mustache. Guess. You don't know. So mm. this movie was a massive hit, which Huge. is why everybody oh. remembers it. A uh, forty million dollars on a four million dollar budget. Insane. And so Albert Pune, he must have been. The sky's the limit after this. Do whatever movie you want, right? Nope, because what ended up happening was the film was credited to the producer, Barry Chase. Uh, uh, as Colin noticed, uh, the film starts with a Barry Chase film. Yeah, and I thought that was a pseudonym. Nope, it's uh, the producer because uh, Albert Pune at the time didn't have that much power and he was kind of steamrolled when the picture came out. So Albert Pune moved to Radioactive Dreams, a film that me and oh, April love. That was his second movie? That was his second movie. Really, but really it good movie. Came out three years later and that was another Ooh. Disaster, oh. and uh, he got taken away from that film by the Bond Company. But to know more about that, you have to read my book. Mm. Um, but we watched another film that Albert is known for, probably his most famous contribution to yeah. cinema, and that's Cannon's Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah, that's right. With Chris, Ev- oh. no, no, that's not. We're talking about oh. the other charismatic Dynamo, oh. Oh. Matt J.D. Salinger's son, <laughs> Matt, Salinger. Matt Salinger. Oh God, he's like a charisma vacuum. So we're gonna go back to Colin, just because Colin remembers this movie coming out <laughs> or renting it on video. I rented it when it came out because, like, this was 1990. This was right after Batman, and uh, we were just talking about the poster before mm. we started recording, but. The poster is exactly the same as Batman. It's just like a black background with the Captain America shield. And my friends and I rented it one night. We watched it. How excited were you? Uh, pretty excited. I don't know if it was like, oh my God, you know, Captain America's out. We would just go to the video store, hang out for an hour. Like, were were you like, a fan of Captain America? No one yeah. was a fan of Captain Not really. America. No. No. Not really. It was yeah. just like, hey, Batman was good. Mm-hmm. This has a similar looking cover. Let's rent it. <laughs> USA. USA. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, foreign land. I don't remember if we liked the movie. I don't think we did, but I, it's certain scenes that we'll talk about later. I mean, let's just say what your favorite part is right <laughs> off the bat, because it is what the film is undoubtedly the most famous but to be honest this wasn't as bad as I was expecting Colin's like oh it's really boring and uh, it's very well known you know in the bad movie yeah. community I, for being a really shitty superhero movie but I actually kind of liked it more this time yeah mm-hmm. like, I it, enjoyed it was, it's better than I remembered but come on Colin what was your favorite part <laughs> well it's like uh, Captain America does this twice in the film <laughs> not once but twice and uh, so he's in a car <laughs> with Ned Beatty and the, uh, the first thing he asked him to pull over he's like excuse me can you pull over I'm going to be sick <laughs> I think I'm going to be sick so they pull over to the side of the road he kind of like walks 20 feet away from the car bent over oh and then the person comes out oh are you okay and then he quickly runs back to the car gets in the driver's seat and drives away Twice, and then, and then Twice. he has it done to him, so well, he gets it. April pointed out medicine. that Captain America's true superpower in this film <laughs> is distraction. Yeah, yes. he's one yes. step away from being all right. Let's face up. Hey, what's that over there? He's, he's <laughs> such a loser in this. That's film. The, he does that the entire movie. Okay, but, like, yeah. but but that gag that mm-hmm. that was the running gag between me and my friends for years. Like I would say, like more than a, probably like. 
20 years after that movie, we would do that. It's so funny. It's so funny. And it's the only thing we remembered from the movie. So as April said, and I pitched this movie when we started to watch it, because that's what I called um, the article that I wrote about it is, what if Captain America was a loser? Because (laughs) there's no doubt watching the movie that that's how he is portrayed. And I mean... That's my favorite part in this movie is Matt Salinger's performance. It's, so, because it's not just his performance. It's, it's just like, his look. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because like Matt Salinger, if you look at him very quickly, you'd be like, oh, I can see he has like the kind of cut of like the jaw the square of a superhero. Jaw. But yeah. he has like such big doe eyes and his mouth is often just like open. Like, like a fish. Yeah. And it's he is look. so inexperienced and he's constantly getting people killed and people are constantly <laughs> saving him throughout this picture. Yeah. What happened to Matt Salinger after this movie? <laughs> he acted in like two, three things. Not much. How did he get this job? He probably just auditioned and he got it. Albert Poon was really big on casting unknowns or just people that had looks that he liked. Mm-hmm. And I think that he probably reacted to the sympathetic look of Matt Salinger not thinking that like him in this costume it's is so, so funny. it's so he's such a, a bad fit yes not I mean, physically co- but but just the look of his face and physically and physically yeah. like the costume was hell to wear because yeah. it's like rubber and oh. he's oftentimes in the sun I was I was sweating just watching him but it, <laughs> the eye holes are as Colin pointed out too far apart the mouse is huge yeah. and it, he looks kind of like one of those toys you would have gotten at the dollar store like those stretchy men oh yeah, oh, Stre- yeah. Stretch, Ar- Stretch Armstrong yeah. Yeah. is that like he doesn't have any shoulders it just so sort of goes down. Yeah, but they've padded. It's like so when it's he's like, like he's wearing shoulder pads, kind yeah, of. Yeah, but it doesn't look like but proper they have no definition. No, it's like as I said, they, it looks like they've <laughs> stuffed his shoulders with like crumpled up newspapers. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes look like he has a hunchback. Yeah, they're very yeah. lumpy. He's hunching the whole movie. I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> so we should start. Like this film begins with uh, a small Italian boy being captured and turned into the Red Skull. Sure, uh, the classic uh, Italian <laughs> villain. Red Skull. No, maybe I missed it. What? was their plan just to capture a boy and make him but into what a were they sk- trying to make him into a superhero okay. it's all about coulda not shoulda and it went yeah. bad and it turned his face red yes well they showed the they show the rat the to the dark motion rat which is really good oh, by right. the way i really like yeah. this it looked like the rat and dead alive but i know april hasn't seen that movie still haven't seen that <laughs> yeah but the rat uh, the rat looks like red skull mm-hmm. it's like all of his skin is gone and he's kind of like melted but he turned the rat turns around Arr. Arr. and, he's and got they like, were like let's do this to this little boy yeah and then okay. seven years later i mean there's there's a lot of title cards and time jumps in this movie. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we meet um, all American boy. Uh, Matt Salinger. Matt Salinger. Yeah, you could even like remember his name. That's a, that's a little Steve of an impact. Rogers. He's my favorite part in this movie. <laughs> really? And he's breaking up with his family because he has to go become a super soldier and his favorite girl, which I pointed out watching the, uh, the film this time, they cut all of her dialogue out because there's a jump in the music when she appears. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> that's weird. And he gets turned into a super soldier, which leads to the funniest Heil Hitler <laughs> in cinema history. You posted like a GIF online. Uh, yeah. Right? I, it's out there. I think it's Everyone's funny. probably seen it where he goes to shake someone's hand. And, and he's like, Heil Hitler! And then he shoots her in everybody. one shot. It's like yeah. this, this old, the old, you know, secret yeah. Heil Hitler. <laughs> yep. yeah. And then Matt Salinger does what he does best as Captain America. Get, get shot. shot and fall unconscious. <laughs> yeah. And then he's strapped to a rocket and then... No, 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 uh, you're skipping too much because <laughs> he... 
he is heroic because like remember. he's hurt <laughs> and then the um generals are like oh he needs to come too he needs to go do a mission and he like gets up out of the and he's like tell me what i have to do mm. and then we're introduced to his costume <laughs> as he waits impatiently to jump out of a plane not just impatiently he's terrified yeah he's, he's like, ter- covered in sweat yeah and he's like i wish i had time to train, <laughs> train for this but i have no training i have no experience i got nothing i'm just uh, <laughs> strong now and he no longer has polio but like he's such a kind of like he's not, I don't want to say a coward but he's like no he's heroic he's nervous though mm-hmm. and he's often winded yeah he's scared <laughs> he's scared of everything but he gets out there and does it anyway and he yeah he gets to the Red Skull's base there's a fun action scene he's like blowing stuff up yeah. using his shield very mm. plasticky shield there's a cool looking uh, shot where he throws the shield at like uh, some watchtower mm. and that kind of collapses oh yeah it's, the, cool. it's a miniature watchtower yeah, but yeah. it's a stop motion shield yeah, oh, I, yeah. I don't know it's kind of cute yeah Sorry. I like that and then he faces off against the Red Skull who looks amazing. He's like got yeah. cold, dead gray eyes. Yeah, they couldn't do the, like the, the nose removal, no. you know, That's fine. back then, which is fine. Well, you know, then he would really look like Skeletor, yeah. which is what I was reminded of, only the Red Skull here looks much, much better. Mm-hmm. And so Captain America fights him, <laughs> quickly loses, and yeah. is strapped to a rocket. Gets the crap beaten out of him. Like, I don't even know if he lands a punch against Red Skull. Well, it's his first day. It's his first mission. <laughs> and then he gets shot up into space um, to then, blow up yeah. the White House. On the way, he sees a little boy somehow from a <laughs> on rocket, the rocket, and then he bangs the rocket, and then he is frozen in a block of ice. Flash forward 50 years later. <laughs> the president, who was also that little boy who took a photo of the rocket coming to Captain America, yeah, yeah it's as difficult to imagine in the movie as it is me saying it. Yeah. It's a really convoluted plot. Is yeah. the president of the United States, and he wants to put forward a Green New Deal. Mm-hmm. Which is insane. It was yeah. like watching this, it's like, wow. And he goes like, if we don't do this, we're going to die. And now it's too late, and we're going to die in the next few years. Slowly. Yeah. This like, was 1990. So that, you were uh, an adult in 1990. Um, <laughs> what, uh, what, was this like before like environmentalism was like a ago. thing? No, no. This was like kind of on the, the cusp of it becoming a thing. Because like growing up in the 90s, there's your Captain Planet, and like yeah. every like cartoon or like even like Saved by the Bell, they all right. had like a, an environmental episode. It was, yeah. You know? it, it was more about it, w- it had nothing to do with like global warming or climate change or mm-hmm. anything like that. It was more just about polluting water and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, which we're Acid still rain was a big thing in the eighties. That the uh, uh, credits we noticed because we watched all of them for a specific reason. We'll yeah. get into later. Uh, ends with please, uh, I think vote was the Environmental Protection Act of nineteen ninety. Yeah, it was something like yeah, that. Yeah, they had a message, you know, and I, mm-hmm. I applaud them for that. But the funny thing about the time jump is that they did this really cheesy like newspaper montage. Oh yeah, that's of great. like all the presidents. <laughs> And like it's very with, with uh, different music of the eras, yeah. But yeah. it was it was it was good. I enjoyed it. It was pretty funny. And then uh, it's a while before we see Captain America. <laughs> but when you do, he <laughs> some people find him in where is it Alaska? Uh, yeah, somewhere it is Alaska. in Alaska. Oh, yeah, somewhere in and Alaska. And he he dethaws partially, and then he breaks out the ice, and then he just runs to Canada. Literally, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, literally, literally runs to Canada, and then they find him somehow. And um, he's very winded oh yeah he's lost and his his his, like outfit is in tatters it's all shredded (laughs) and and dirty people he meets shoot him in the shoulder yeah because they're actually the secret nazis who are still (laughs) around and then he meets ned Beatty, and he has that scene that colin described Mm -hmm. and then he drives from the yukon which is in canada yeah 
to California. California. So he hitches a ride drive. on a truck. Oh, right. He, he hitches a, a ride on a truck. He gets in a Molson way. Canadian truck. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, I guess people in California love, love uh, Molson, yeah. Molson Export. Delivered right from the Yukon, <laughs> right where it's made. Yeah. Hey, if any of you live in California, do you guys even have Molson down there? I don't think don't so. even, they have it in the States, but it's under like the foreign import. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's like Budweiser for us. Like, no one drinks <laughs> exactly. Molson Canadian. Yeah, Molson exactly. Stock Ale is okay, but that's like, yeah, but like Canadian, no. Ugh. <laughs> Maybe it was better in the 1990s. So no. uh, Captain America finds his old girlfriend in terrible old age makeup. As April said, she looks like the Red Skull. <laughs> a little bit. They gave her liver spots. Because we didn't point out. We said that I made a point to say the Red Skull looks awesome. Yeah. Because in the present day and for the rest of the movie, he looks like a Dick Tracy villain. Yeah. And, okay. So maybe it would make sense that, oh, you know, they didn't want to do his makeup every day. It was very complex, so they wanted to do something simpler. Nope. The makeup looks just as complicated as the Red Skull makeup. Yeah, it's a full facial makeup mm. with, like, uh, like airbrushing. You yeah. can see everything. It's, like, scars. They and call me like Mr. That. Lumps. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, the same kind of mask, except it's kind of skin tone, but it's a little reddish. So I think it's supposed to be either that he grew skin eventually or the character is using makeup. But either way... but. Leave it the Red Skull. I don't know. He's the Red Skull. They call him the Red Skull all the time. I don't understand it. So he just and he's wearing these double-breasted suits. He just looks like, and you know, he's got black, slick back hair. You know, they want to make him look like um, the like the Joker, kind of. I guess he just looks like an Italian businessman. Like a mafia man. He looks like a mafia. At some point, he has like a Tommy gun. Yeah, it's like that's what I think of when I think of the Red Skull. It's just like some mafioso. That is guaranteed to be like a producer decision. Like we can't have him as a Red Skull the entire time. I guess. But the thing is, so weird to live his life. He's not walking around. He never leaves this castle. He's he's in a compound the whole movie. He doesn't need to. It makes no sense. And then his daughters are kind of his henchmen, or is is one daughter? His one daughter, I think. But it's like they basically look like three bored rich supermodels supermodels that just got back from shopping in like Milan or something <laughs> yeah. like that yeah. well every time uh, the Red Skull's daughters um, are hunting Captain America there's like some electro pop new wave plays yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> they had like a theme song yeah they have a theme song because they're the main threat against yeah. Captain America and yeah Captain America he just kind of wanders into things. Um, Stumbles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two people he cares about are brutally murdered <laughs> instantly. Yeah. As, soon as, he, as soon as he shows up. Ned Beatty gets a shotgun to the back and <laughs> the love of his life. We don't even see her die. We just see her zipped up into a body bag. With like blood all over her face. But then, like, uh, but then her husband survives? Yeah. yeah. He think... got shot in like the shoulder. But then you never see him again. He's no, in the he's hospital. in the hospital. Yeah. I think it was to take away uh, Captain America's great love so he could uh, get together with her the, daughter. The daughter. Yeah. Yeah, I love, trade up to the younger model. There's an amazing um, scene where his um, girlfriend's like, I waited for you for so long. And Captain America's like, I guess maybe it just wasn't meant to be. <laughs> no, clearly not. Yeah. Um, okay. My favorite part. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really good sequence, and it's supposed to be um, somewhere in Italy. Is it Milan? I can't. I don't know. I don't know. The walled city. In, yeah, I'm not uh, sure it says Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia. That's where it was shot. And uh, there's a cool sequence where they're running around, getting chased by the assassins, um, the you know '80s new wave band looking, <laughs> yeah. looking guys, and they're shooting at them, but they're also like running around corners, and they get on a bicycle at one point, and the one thing that <laughs> 
Captain America can do is that he can like do flips in the air. Yeah, yeah. he can do he, flips. He does that a couple times, yeah. and it's pretty cool. Anna's saying it reminds me of Jim Cotta because there's a cool scene um, where he's running through all the you know um, hallways and outdoor alleys, and there's yeah, no there's no spinning similar. around like that, unfortunately. But it was a good sequence. But I, I think it's the same location they shot Jim. It Cotta. looks so yeah. similar. It's a walled like it, yeah. city. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Captain America jumps on a bike and you hear him off screen be like, there's no brakes. And then he goes over a cliff into the water and, and then we, just stay underwater. We really expected like his body to yeah. come floating to the top. But the stupid assassins are like, oh, they're not coming up. I, I guess, guess they're dead. dead. And then they just they just waited five seconds and uh, then they, they come up. Bike accidents. That's what takes out most people in exactly. Italy. Especially oh. like a super soldier. We haven't pointed out how much of like a dum-dum Captain America is So, like, their mission is to find who the Red Skull is for some undefined reason. And at one point, they're sitting at a restaurant, and Captain America's like, can we look him up in a phone book? (laughs) Well, he kidnaps the president. But even before that, I don't know what the... I'm not sure what Well, I think they say... I think it's Ned Beatty saying, like, in the car to Captain Mm -hmm. America, we have reason to believe that Red Skull uh, was responsible for the death of Martin Luther King and John F. Kennedy. Yes. And all these other murders throughout the years or something like that. So they need to find him. But then Red Skull's plan is to capture President Ronnie Cox. Yes. Uh, no new green deals for America. No way we're going to pollute. And then he's going to implant him with some radio control device so that he can control Ronnie Cox. So it's very um, hazy. Yeah. And that line of radio control is actually said off screen. Mm-hmm. So I think what Colin said during the movie is that uh, the Red Skull wanted to take Ronnie Cox's like skin or something like that and wear it. Because at one point he goes, what, I'm going to be yeah, the president. That's what I thought the yeah. plan was, mm. which would make sense because then I was like, oh, he's going to take off his fake skin and re- right. re- reveal he's still the Red Skull and then put on Ronnie Cox's face or something. I don't know. It's like, <laughs> it's it's like, like Dark Man. He's like, it's me, Ronnie Cox. <laughs> it's like Dark Man. Well, at least that I, would explain. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or face off. Yeah. Well, that could probably explain, like, you know, that he can, uh, he has the ability to, like, transfer faces onto his own or something mm. like that. Is that, that you know at I mean? all in the other Captain America? Because I can't even remember. I did see that. The Not new, the, the new movie. One. No. I'm no? sure okay. in the in the comics, the Red Skull has taken other identities. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm sure. And worn, like, masks and stuff like But it's oh, not because, like. Makes yeah, sense. no, sorry. He does because he becomes Hugo Weaving. Uh, yes, he, he has, like, a fake off. mask that he pulls I off. I thought so. But yeah. I hadn't seen, I just haven't seen that since, like, it came out. Yeah. Yeah, so you're I, right. I you're don't right. Because like he's got a red face. Like mm-hmm. you know, he probably wants to wear faces. But the other thing about the Red Skull in this movie is that his plan is so undefined. After he loses the president, he's just like, I'm just gonna blow us all up. Like not, not <laughs> just blow us all up. Like blow up the entire Easter. Like he's like yeah. Europe, <laughs> including his him, his his daughters. I don't even think he if he knows that the president is still on site. Like I, I, what yeah. is was your what was his plan? I mean, <laughs> this is a movie that. When it came out, it's not a good Captain America adaptation. It's terrible. Oh, no, it's, it's real awful. bad. Mm. But in a world with tons of good Captain America movies, like seven, I think, uh, it's fun because it's super goofy. Yeah. Uh, Matt Salinger yeah. is always funny when he's on screen. I think it all comes back to him and he just has this 
dopey look on his face yeah. and his eyes and like this and, and the action is like shot in like a wide angle kind of goofy comic book way yeah it, it's not satisfying in the way that if you were a kid you're like I want to see Captain America do these things but it's yeah. fun to see on screen like him mm-hmm. jumping on a bike yeah uh, there's one fun action <laughs> scene probably the most satisfying one that was a reshoot they did afterwards because the movie didn't have enough action oh is that in like the dark factory yeah the dark like factory that right. like how did they get here <laughs> yeah that's right it's like it Which makes is, no sense but in a dime <laughs> it's, a, it's underneath the diner. It's a giant, yeah, because it's a secret compound. Yeah, I mean, even the final fight is really fun because it's in this like giant castle that it looks like Jess Franco mm. shot there for mm. all the Franco heads listening to this. Um, and Captain America is still a goofball who constantly has to be saved by Ronnie. By Cox. Ronnie Cox, yeah, yeah, Ronnie Cox, who is you know a much older man, uh-huh. but he's the president and he's he's punching people, he's throwing him his shield, and uh, everybody is more competent really than Captain America yeah and it leads to like the daughter is for sure it leads to that great line the thumbs up yeah Mr. President thank you Mr. President and then Captain America gives a very like shaky he looks like he's cross-eyed yeah he does it's a really funny (laughs) Captain America is like distracted Mr. President so I'll go behind him and attack him (laughs) but like I really did like you know I wouldn't say this is like everybody should go see this but I did enjoy myself watching this and this is one of these movies that I we often say if you're having like a party you could put it on because there's there's scenes interspersed where like you don't need to necessarily sit down and watch it but there's enough where if it's just kind of on in the same room as you you can yeah, point maybe. and laugh and well, enjoy just, it anytime he's on <laughs> anytime he's on screen with a costume it's it's you, funny you're like, just gonna laugh so it's enjoyable I, I didn't point out that like this is a film that supposedly when it was being made everybody loved the script and like a few weeks before shooting <laughs> Canon Films who at this point was going under 21st century right um they cut the budget like one tenth of what it is mm-hmm. and they had to struggle mm-hmm. to finish it. Um, Albert Pune said that if the line producer, his be- good friend from when they were kids in Hawaii, hadn't shown up on some days with a briefcase full of money, that they could oh. not have continued to make the movie. Oh my God. And Albert Pune said himself that on some days they didn't have enough film for the camera. So he and the crew, like the crew closest to him, would pretend that they were shooting even though they weren't. There was nothing in the there camera. There was nothing in the camera. Oh my God. Because he knew that if they stopped and he freaked everybody out, yeah. that they would not be able to get started again. Okay. It's like a runner that like, you know, if you stop running, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm tired. You gotta I keep that like, running. Keep that you train keep going. going. That's classic Pune. That's how he always rolled in these oh impossible situations that he would, mm. I, I don't want to say he got himself into it, but right. he... He, he found did, himself. Yeah, but he there. did love to like push as hard as he could. Yeah, yeah. And like any sane person would have been like, "Screw this! Uh, yeah, I'm screw out of this! Here. I'm not doing this." <laughs> oh, maybe not sane. Any um, person who's like, "I don't like feeling pain." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and I would be like, "No, no, we can do it. We can do it." Like yeah. most of the action in this movie is shot like in front of like a black cloth. <laughs> oh yeah, you pointed that out, and yeah. then as soon as you did, it's like I could not see it because yeah. when they hadn't shot all the action, Cannon was like, "Oh, we'll shoot it when we get back to L.A." And then Cannon was like, mm, "Man, we don't." Don't have the money for that and Pin was like okay I'll shoot some stuff um, and so he just like what tarp out a room with black yeah with black cloth. So, like I think there's like a shot of like Captain America punching a guy or yeah. like him flipping out of the way or like guns going off yeah. all in front of like this black background <laughs> it's uh expressionist guy well you never notice once it's cut into the movie uh so where can you find this movie this is actually on blu-ray mm-hmm. Captain America which was an amazing transfer by the way yeah shout factory put it out anything uh, they do is great. yeah totally yeah. worth it I would say if you want to see this movie because it looks great like sounds it, good too yeah it's just like 
certain shots I was like looking at. I'm like, mm-hmm. this, this looks like a modern movie. Like, yeah. It looks so good. I think you can get it as well because Shout usually puts their stuff on iTunes to rent, right? Or buy. Uh, yeah, I think so. So it should be available. Sword and the Sorcerer, a little bit more difficult to get a, Ooh, uh, that was a, tough one. a hold of. Yeah. Uh, Anchor Bay put it out in the early 2000s, but it went mm-hmm. out of print and it hasn't come back yet. And I can only imagine it's because the rights issues are like well, crazy. I think it, it is on Prime, on Amazon Prime, but it's the it's Rift, a Rift Tracks, Tracks version. Oh, Don't watch so, that. Yeah. I know, which kind of sucks yeah, yeah don't watch it as a riff tracks version watch it for real so you can hear the bombastic music for yourself oh my god yeah, and i mean i would only recommend that if you are into like those types of movies if you're a fan of lee horsley are <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you lee horsley heads out there <laughs> Thank you yeah. all you horse heads <laughs> so justin your book mm-hmm. uh which is called radioactive dreams the right? cinema of albert Pune. Yep. that's available now how can people buy it they can pick it up on amazon uh, all the Amazons because it's being published through their service. So they just kind of like put it on like Amazon.Italy, Amazon.France. It's all over the place. For people that are curious, uh, the project is I watched all of Albert Pune's 44 films and wrote little blurbs slash histories, mostly kind of like critical breakdowns of every picture. And uh, people who have read it have said that it, it's actually a really good read from beginning to end because it's like the story of his career mm-hmm. and where he kind of ended up and how he wouldn't give up and a few things that I discovered just doing research. Like, don't you want to know about the secret film he shot in three days and on the set of Cyborg? Yes. Well, you what? can read about it in this book. <laughs> All right. You, you also kind of kind of review the movies too, right? Like yeah, yeah. I review the movies. Your opinion of them? Can yes, you say, it's my personal opinion. Can you say which one is your favorite movie that he's done? Uh, it's probably prob- hard to pick. You know, you know, actually, if you look on Amazon and you look at like the preview of the book, like mm-hmm. the fourth page is I put like little top five of like the essential Albert Pune, oh, cool. the experimental, yeah. the underrated, okay. the uh, just fun, like pure fun. Mm-hmm. And I think like... Pune fun. Yeah, the <laughs> essential ones are probably... Uh, Nemesis, Mean Guns, uh, Radioactive Dreams, uh, favorite of me and April's. And yeah, I think that's my favorite out of what I've seen. Yeah, I don't remember what the other two are. But you just look at that list and you'll see like, ooh, but buy the book. You need context for these movies. Mm-hmm. It's easier exactly. to watch a movie and be like, oh, it was shot in three days on the set of Cyborg? <laughs> oh, I appreciate it yeah. a little bit more and I understand how it was made. Oh, this film was shot on the set of Kickboxer 2 because they had a few extra days? Yes, I'm speaking of the film Blood Match. <laughs> and just so you all know, Radioactive Dreams is about these two little boys who grew up in a bomb shelter because uh, a, radi- a radioactive bomb goes off. Their parents put them down in there. One of them played by George Kennedy. And then they wake up and it's the apocalyptic future where everybody has like crazy punk outfits, but they read 1930s spy novels and talk like 1930s gumshoes. And there's also music. <laughs> oh, it's like a Streets of Fire level soundtrack. It's a really it's just crazy. Like, I, I was concept. so upset. I, I was thirty five millimeter. I know. Too I, I missed it. I was in Milwaukee and I was so angry. Is there? Is that uh, available? No. It's anywhere? available in Germany. They released yeah, my it. My friend but it's got one. Not a very good transfer. Oh, okay. Uh, so I don't know why that movie. The thing is that like a lot of Albert Pune's early films. They were like weird distribution deal with a bunch of producers and he raised the money independently. And because of that, the rights are all tangled and that's uh, why okay. none of them have been released. 
And a lot of them don't have the cult following that they should. Like something like Radioactive Dreams doesn't really have it. That, so. like, I never even heard of I, it. That's probably why, because it's just not available mm. and people don't know about it because they can't get it, right? Um, but the funny thing about that is like George Kennedy is top build and he is in like one and a half scenes. <laughs> yeah. He's in five minutes of the one movie. One and a half. But you know, the two stars of the movie, yeah. Michael Dudikoff, the American ninja himself. Yeah. No shit. Dudikoff. Yeah. And, and the other John guy. Stockwell, the yeah. uh, uh, co-star of Christine. He plays Wait, the bully. As the young kids? Well, one of them is like Michael. the main guys. Well, when they grew, would grow up. They're, they're, they're the stars. One of them is Michael yeah. Dudikoff. Yeah. And he's Michael Dudikoff <laughs> like you've never seen him before. Yeah. He kind of talks like this the entire time and he's moving. And he's he's like, the nerdy one. Oh my God. And the other guy is like the, the cool, serious cool one, guy. Yeah. That's yeah. hilarious. He's like, hey, we're just a couple of dicks. Ah, and they're like dancing. The film ends on a musical number. <laughs> oh my God. This is amazing. It's pretty great. Oh, um, man. But yeah, if anyone out there can find it or yeah, you know, even watch like some bootleg of it that you can you, find, watch it. You can uh, get it on Amazon, um, probably like Germany, Amazon.de and it's yeah. on eBay. I've seen it on there as well. Mm-hmm. So I'd mm-hmm. recommend checking it out like that. Man. Nice. Oh yeah, actually Cyborg the Director's Cut was another uh, oh, yeah. essential Wasn't one. Wasn't there like a black and white version yeah, of that? Uh, yeah, so mm. the Director's Cut has not been released in black and white, but right. Pune said that that's how he prefers it. Okay. So you can just turn the saturation down on your TV and uh, okay. boom, you got a black and white uh, cyborg. And you know, that's what everybody says when, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Frank Darabont was like, oh, you know, watch The Mist yeah. in black and white. Hey, just turn the saturation down on your TV. He's like, no, no. <laughs> oh, no, I need to color correct it. Uh, Everybody, you know, like yeah, Mad Max, the, mm-hmm. the Fury Road, like black and chrome edition. The amazing thing about the cyborg director's cut mm-hmm. is that everybody knows that movie is like a cheesy 80s yeah. film with like a midi score. And the biggest change is that uh, uh, the director's cut, which is called Slinger, has like a muddy kind of like uh, doom metal score. It's like, oh. damn. It's like <laughs> cool. feedback the entire time. That's sweet. <laughs> yep. So I would check that out. That's also available on a German label, released it on Blu-ray. Uh, so check that out. Yeah, I also like Dollman, which is another Albert, <laughs> Pune, which is a movie that <laughs> we no, no. we wanted to watch it, and I was like, oh, Albert Pune directed this, awesome, yeah. and it was a little disappointing. It's kind of but boring. <laughs> I think it's totally worth. It's seeing. very boring. It's good. Dollman it's hangs okay. out in an apartment for fifty yeah. minutes. Yeah, no, we like we like Trancers. I know. One. I get that confused with Trancers because he has the same outfit. Trancers was awesome. <laughs> Trancers is good. Yeah. Yeah, not Albert Pune. Pune. <laughs> no. Yeah, those are the two films that Albert Pune made for Full Moon were Arcade and uh, Doll Man. <laughs> uh, probably, I've probably seen the, the cover for Arcade. Oh, yeah, it was poster. a very early VR film. Oh. Yeah, that's of Collins Alley. Oh, oh, we should have done like, that. Oh, virtual reality. Actually, save I really it. don't like Arcade. <laughs> <laughs> well, save it for next time. Um, and if you want to email the podcast, you can email us at no such thing as a bad movie at gmail.com. And we're on Twitter at no such thing pod. And if you want to tweet at me, I'm at April at Mansky. And consider donating to the Patreon, where every two weeks we have a new mini-sode. What's our next one, April? <laughs> the next one is The Amazing Spider-Man's. Spider-Man. <laughs> Too many Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't, aren't there enough Spider-Man these days? Turn off the dark. <laughs> oh, that's another <laughs> one. Wait, are you uh, one I of the people it. who are like, my Spider-Man's white and Caucasian? <laughs> no, <laughs> thank you. No Into the Spider-Verse. <laughs> I wish I got to see that hot mess, which is Turn Off the Dark. Oh, <laughs> I would love to see Man, if there's the like dark. a video version like there was of Cats, you know, like a theatrical. I'm sure I've there only is. Seen Oh, you clips. mean like a movie version? No, he means well, like the entire musical filmed. Yeah, there um, is. I, there's bootlegs. Is there? yeah, yeah, there's bootlegs out there. 
That would be like, so amazing. It's like a weird Broadway bootleg kind of like they'll appear Mar- on YouTube very briefly and, yeah, then, and then they get taken down, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But if sounds... you know where to look, oh, you know what? You just made me. Those songs are so bad. Oh, they're <laughs> awful. Yeah. Awful. And they were yeah. made. It was Julie Taymor directing. She's yeah. like, I don't yeah. like Spider Man. It was like a disaster. Like, villain like me or something, <laughs> and all oh, the villains no. come villain out. Goes, yeah. And, but that's a play that was workshopped like four times and like radically changed. That's right. I remember it came out and there was like all these injuries because, you know, people were like, like the Spider-Man stuntmen were like falling fall, like, off like this fucking poor ceiling. Poor actors. Yeah, and it was like constant injuries and then it went like put on hold and reworked and it was just again and again and again and then it just like disappeared. Well, I don't yeah, know. It, it probably a made a ton failure. of cash, I'm sure. Yep. And that's not what we're talking about on Patreon. We're talking uh, about Andy Garfield's Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> can, can we change Webb. it? What? Can we change it, it and review the, the darkness? Yeah, let's do great, that. Great, great, got it, great. Uh, or just remove the uh, review the movie Garfield. <laughs> Garfield. Bill Murray. <laughs> yes, that's what. Every time you see Andrew Garfield, you're like, I love Garfield. Uh, Lasagna. You know I what? Hate I Mondays. hate Mondays. <laughs> Let's go to the Toronto Garfield yeah, restaurant. There's a Garfield no. restaurant in Toronto now. Is it still open? Yes. Uh, I assume it's very popular. So they just Jim Davis like, runs it. <laughs> yeah, he's in the back. He's making lasagna. Yep. Jesus fucking Christ. How much more lasagna can they eat? Justin, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on the Important Cinema Club, a podcast I do every week, uh, importantcinemaclub.com. And listen next week after hearing this episode, because I'm doing one on Albert Pyun with my co-host Will Sloan as well. Oh, and we're right. doing different movies. We're going to be talking about more of the essential ones. And Doll probably man. getting into the dregs oh, of the okay. 90s movies, the late 90s movies, where he made three urban thrillers in 18 days with Ice T and Snoop Dogg. <laughs> what? In each Ooh. one of them? Oh, well, I mean... <laughs> You'll uh, have to listen to Snoop find Dog out. Snoop appears for 10 seconds in documentary footage in <laughs> okay, one of them, okay. but he appears on the cover. Uh, Albert Pewin had a deal to make an anthology film, but he decided to go down and make it three feature films instead. All right, there you go. <laughs> in 18 days. That's amazing. Yep, so uh, Important Cinema Club, and on Twitter, DeClue, J-D-E-C-L-O-U-X, letter J on Letterboxd, Justin DeClue. Nobody ever follows me on Letterboxd, even though I say it on here every week. Yeah. I'm still not on Letterboxd, but... But, you know, you should mention no such thing on the Important Cinema I should, Club because like a people lot of don't the, seem to know. <laughs> no, they didn't. Letterbox, isn't that where they cut off the top and the bottoms of the movies? Nope, that happens at another factory. <laughs> it's a factory where they're cutting, like, yeah. They're just sniffing. Yep. It's just an assembly line. Frame by frame, they do it. They have, like, uh, mm-hmm. slave labor. So uh, where can we find you, Colin? On Twitter, at uh, Sergeant Zima, S-G-T-Z-I-M-A. And also, uh, now that we got talking about that play... I'm going to be online uh, launching a campaign to get into the dark remade relaunched I want to see this yeah release I, the I want to see Spider-Man this in person cut. I re-release you, I thought you said like you wanted to be Spider-Man no in the play. I like, want I'm to see reenacting it, it. I want to see Parker. this play I will reenact it if I have to <laughs> an older Peter release, Parker release the Taymor cut <laughs> wait 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 yeah. <laughs> April just said Colin can play Peter Parker yeah. <laughs> well, remember in Into the Spider-Verse where there's that older Peter Parker yeah, yeah like the uh, fat like, <laughs> well, Colin no 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 Colin could be Uncle Ben <laughs> like the cool young un- Uncle Ben. Hey, he really I married play... to Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. Now you're dead. Now I'm dead. You should play Aquaman in the, you know, the, <laughs> more, the truer to the original look of Aquaman, which when is you look at Colin, a blonde you're guy. You're thinking Aquaman. Aquaman. He's Aquaman. It's like yes. you're thinking of like a golden-haired king. Yeah. <laughs> king. That's, that's you. You have golden hair. Yeah. <laughs> you love talking to fish. Uh, 
Uh, anyway, that's it for this week. I do wear um, sparkly tights. Check out some Albert Pune movies and um, check out Justin's book. Yes, please. Until next week, I'm April Hanson. I'm Justin LeClue. And I'm Colin Cunningham. And remember, there's no such thing as a bad movie. Yeah, Captain America's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs>